Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe, coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Friday Crew. I'm Jake Maystell, your host tonight, along with Brett Hahn on the Zoom. How you doing, Brett? Don't so far so good. I mean this this heat waves behind us, so you know it's nice and nice and manageable outside. And you know it, it, it's a good day to talk sports. I agree. Uh, get I, back to I it think with it's it. All, I also think it's a good day to talk sports. And you mentioned that heat wave. I mean, let's start off. Let's start off with baseball here. How does that heat wave affect affect baseball, Brett? I mean, it's it's been it's been really muggy out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, like um, the the main thing is, uh, excuse me, I'm struggling for words. It, it, extreme heat, you know, you cramp easy. So if, if you're playing in this area. Like for the Yankees or the Mets or, you know, even Phillies for that matter, you know, because they're in this like immediate area, like being out there every day, three hour games, if it goes to extras, it's more like four, four and a half. And, and you're playing every day. You got to make sure you stay on top of hydration or else you're, you're, you're going to be miserable out there. Combination of getting di- like dizziness, fatigue, um, you know. As I just mentioned a second ago, you, you know you're subject to crampage, and, and that's never fun either. And and as your muscles get more tense, uh, possibility of injury increases. So it's definitely not ideal baseball conditions by any means. But if anybody could tough it out, it could be these guys in the MLB, and they show it every year. Yeah, these guys are always so tough, putting their bodies on the line for us, and they 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 put out an exciting exciting product. For us to watch, exciting, exciting games. You mentioned the Yankees and the Mets, who just played in the first half of this year's Subway Series earlier this week, Tuesday and Wednesday. Both games were at City Field. Did not go the way of the Yankees. I know you, you Brett, are a Mets fan, as well as a bunch of yeah. other guys here at WRSU, including John Hartnett, who could not be with us today. On the Friday Crew, I know you guys were pretty excited about being able to sweep the home the uh, city field portion of the subway series. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't I have to talk too much trash during the regular season. Cause honestly, it doesn't mean a thing. Um, but it, it was encouraging to see the Mets who have been kind of cruising in June and to open up the all-star break drop two out of three to the Padres to be able to go toe to toe with one of the better teams in baseball in the New York Yankees, if not the best team based off a of record. And sweep them in a two-game homestand. That that's huge. And as the trade deadline looms, I mean, we're just going to con- the Mets are just going to continue to add pieces. Yankees after the game added Ben Attendee, so I mean they're they're committed to going all in this year as well. So who knows? In in every New York fan's wildest dream, this is a preview of the World Series. Oh, you, you, oh, you want to see the Mets and the Yankees there, and as they continue to load up. Fever dream just continues to grow, and I'm excited to see how the rest of the season goes. I am too. Although I will say, I, I'm not going to complain too much about the uh, the way the Yankees played 
Wednesday night against Mad Max Scherzer on his birthday because uh, that's just what he does. He just goes out there and he absolutely dominates the competition. But I have to ask, what on earth was that performance by the Yankees on Tuesday night? I mean, they just they opened up quick with two home runs and then they just kind of stagnated for the rest of the game. Didn't really play well on either offense or defense. Mets made them look silly for most of the game. I mean, yeah. Oh, I know the Mets are a good baseball team, and I'm not going to discredit them at all. I think they're a very good baseball team, and I think they're for real this year. But I I just it, – it's concerning to me to see, you know, one of the best teams in baseball go out there against a good team and then just struggle like that. I mean, I'm not really sure what the issue is there. Is it is it just they're not as good as they look, or is it manager, managing, or what is it? I don't know. I mean, look, like t- Tuesday, sitting there and watching the game, when I saw the f- top of the first inning with Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo going back to back, my first thought as a Mets fan was, oh my God, this it's going to be one of those games where, where, where the Yankees just put up a million runs and the Mets, you know, who, you know, Taiwan Walker hasn't given up that many home runs this year to date but last year's second half slump he gave up a ton so i'm like oh no it's just another one of those taiwan walker second half slumps and you know he he was able to collect himself and the mets were had a really good uh had a really good response in the bottom half of that first inning with four runs capped off with a edward Eduardo escobar two run homer but i mean look like like the if, if you're the yankees you have a 12 I think it's, you have an over 10-game lead in your division. The rest of the division isn't really putting on much of a fight outside of maybe maybe Toronto, who's not even like on a hot streak right now themselves. Boston's imploding. Baltimore's not going to – I mean, they're, don't get me wrong. They're, they're outperforming their own expectations, but they're not going to come close to the Yankees where they're at right now. And, um, and, and I mean, like, look, like, I'm pretty sure I saw a statistic the other the other day that where they were two and seven against the teams that are con- considered contenders. Is that good? No. But again, kind of going back to the point where I was at, at the beginning of the year or beginning of the segment. Excuse me. It's the regular season. Baseball is such a game of momentum that if the Yankees go on a hot streak to end the season off and they can carry that over into the playoffs, who's beating them? I mean, I mean, look, I don't like the Yankees at all, but I'm also not blind to the fact that they have very little weaknesses on that team, and they're doing a great job so far at the trade deadline attacking that. Like, getting Ben Attendi to replace Gallo's spot in the lineup is already huge. Because Gallo is <laughs> atrocious. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You, you, it's funny you mentioned that. Was, I, I was I was gawking at the lineup last night because I see you know okay we get Andrew Benintendi. You know he's obviously lefty bat outfielder. He's going to replace Joey Gallo in the lineup. Nope, we're just going to play them together. I guess. I don't Is that know, what man. they chose we're, to do? I mean, I know I know that Giancarlo Stanton is currently injured at the moment, and he's not, you know, he's not uh, available. But it it is a bit perplexing to me that we would that the Yankees would elect to play both of them at the same time I'm not really sure why exactly they would do that but you know I can't I guess it's not more perplexing than Aaron Boone pinch hitting Joey Gallo the worst hitter in baseball (laughs) against (laughs) Edwin Diaz 
that was incredible with the bases loaded too. I couldn't believe my eyes. Um, but 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 look, I I mean the Yankees like they they put Gallo out there for the same reason that the Mets put Juan Lagares out there all those years ago. They may not be the best bat, but they have Gold Glove defense. And, and you can't take that away from Joey Gallo. No, he may be no, abysmal I, as a hitter. I have been but. the biggest defender of Joey Gallo being on this team because of his gold glove defense. But my mindset is if you're going to go out there and get a guy who also plays gold glove defense and is a better hitter and a lefty, you don't really have a reason to keep playing this one guy, do you? I mean, just no, doesn't make any sense to me. I completely agree. I, and, and I mean, look, like Joey Gallo, you know, with the contract he's signed, he, he he's not he's not going away anytime soon. He he's going to be a guy off the bench. I mean, I, obviously, you know, I, I I feel your sentiment, even though I don't like the team. Like as a fan, I would hate to have your worst hitter put into a situation that dictates the outcome of a game. That, that that's like the Mets. That's like the Mets being down, you know, in, in the same position you guys were in. And they're like, yeah, all right, we're going to put Patrick Mazika in. Like, <laughs> like, I would I would be losing my mind. And I don't blame I, I don't blame you for feeling that way. I, I, as a Mets fan watching that sequence, I, br- I breathe a sigh of relief because I did not think Aaron Boone could just top the countless questionable managerial decisions that he's made. And he – did it again so you got to be thankful and not only but, that he allowed himself to get so easily outmanaged by a guy who's a tenured manager in baseball i mean this is he's been managing teams for 30 years buck show walter has he's a three-time manager of the year and you know i mean you if you're the manager of the best team in baseball you can't you you gotta try and match him you can't allow yourself to get so easily outmanaged by that guy Otherwise, of course, you're going to lose. Right, and, and and as a Yankee fan, you know, you're, you're, I'm sure you're very familiar with Buck Showalter. I mean, he did manage you guys in the 90s. I mean, and I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not as familiar with Buck Showalter because, you know, I mean, obviously uh, I wasn't around in the 90s, but, you know, I've heard I've heard tale about him and, what was it, Don Mattingly? <laughs> yeah, him and Don Mattingly, I mean... The, the history may not have been the cleanest towards the end there, but point being that Buck is still somebody that was a part of, a part of Yankees history, so he has some respect among the fan base. Funny enough, I was I, I was watching the I was watching the second game with my buddy. We were, we were hanging out at his house, and the ESPN broadcast did a side by side of like you know Yankees like players they play for the Yankees and Mets. So they had like Yogi Berra up there. They had. Buck yep. Showalter, the manager. They had Daryl Strawberry up there, and, and a couple other guys. Well. <laughs> so they didn't have like they didn't have the players in like Yankees uniforms, but some of the players had had Mets photos. So so my buddy, who's a diehard Yankees fan, was just like, "Man, these guys stink." I, I'm like, "You're," and Yogi Berra was on the screen, and I'm like, "You're really gonna say that about Yogi?" <laughs> I'm like, "Wait a minute!" I'm like he's your. I'm like he's one of the best players in your franchise history. He's like, only said, the greatest catcher of all time. No, right, exactly, and that's when it all clicked for him. It was like it was like, oh, these guys used to play for the Yankees. I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> like, you're, you can't just boo your own players, especially guys who. Whoa, 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 to whoa! You're moments. telling Yankees fans they can't boo their own players? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, like, you know. 
I mean, there's nothing else to I mean, uh, unless they are just atrocious, there, there's no reason to film. So, I don't know. It takes, it takes a lot for me to boo somebody. I don't I don't really like to boo boo my own you know players on on the team that I root for you know I mean if that there, there might be a, even if it's a guy that I don't like like I'm I, I'm not a particularly big fan of Josh Donaldson not really a big fan of his character and I'm not really impressed with the way he's played but I'm not gonna boo him I mean you know he I I I'd rather he do well for my team than you know just try to boo him out of here. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, booing him's not going to change anything. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the only Mets player I booed, I think, it, like in my life, was Lucas Duda because I'm still salty about oh. 2015. <laughs> His defense is awful, and I don't forgive him. So I boo him every time I see him. Yeah, and I can't blame you. Uh, I think <laughs> nothing was if... more painful than being a Mets fan and everybody loves him and everybody's like, you know. They they just forgot what happened in the World Series, and I'm like, man, I, I, I like, I know you guys like him, but I I just don't think he's that good. And like, it would start the fiercest of debates. <laughs> We'd go back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't blame you. I think I think if A Rod showed his face around Yankee Stadium again, I'd probably have a similar reaction. <laughs> yeah, and and, and A Rod. Mixed rep he gets, like you know, he he was still he was still spectacular. Oh, so. he was he he was spectacular, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I I kind of want to I, I kind of want to shift over to uh, since we're still on the topic of Yankees Mets, I kind of want to shift over to uh, last week. We we did not have crew last week because unfortunately nobody was able to come in, and part of the reason is because I was in Baltimore catching a game. <laughs> Yankees were over in Baltimore last weekend, and I got to tell you, uh, Aaron Judge is probably better in person than he is on TV. Like, I'm not even joking. How so? He's just... it. Okay, so just kind of painting a picture. I'm sitting down third baseline at Camden Yards, uh, like right... It's like, like second row, so like practically on the field. Um, and this is not, not next to the Yankee dugout, but like a little further, like more into the outfield, not near the infield. Um, so I get a nice, a nice look at Joey Gallo playing left. Um, and I can also see judge playing center. Like, first of all, his defense, when you, until you go to a, a ball game and you actually get to see them play in person, you don't always realize how hard some of the plays they make are like the ones where they kind of run up towards the ball. That's that's kind of landing shallow and they grab it. And when judge does it, he makes it look easy. But like when you see that happen in person and you get a different angle at it, you, you realize just how difficult that kind of play is. Cause you see the ball coming live, you know, at full speed. And it's like, Whoa, that's going to fall in. And then he just makes the catch and it's crazy. And everyone's like cheering. Cause it's crazy. But then just seeing him hit home runs, like, they just go over everyone's heads. It's crazy to watch. And he hits them like a mile out of the stadium. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was fortunate. I was fortunate because he hit two home runs that night, that, that Friday night. And that was like really exciting because 
we we got you know all the Yankees fans in the stadium got to do like their MVP chants like multiple times. It was it was really fun. Um, but it and it was actually a close game though. Um, the or, the O's kept in it and it was kind of nerve wracking at the end. Yankees managed to pull it, was, it out, but it was exciting. <laughs> those are the best baseball games when you're you know when, when you have a close tight race up until the last few innings. And like you don't know what's gonna happen. That and pitchers duels. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like so, like, there's like a split in consensus. I feel like between like, all right, if I'm going to a live baseball game, do I want to see a ton of runs put up or do I want to watch some good defense? I know for me, like I I personally like have more of a soft spot for tough, gritty defensive matches. So. I've been to a few like I've been to a few pitchers duels in my life, you know. One of which uh, I think it was 2016. I went to Mets Mets Giants. It was the Grom against Jake Peavy. And both oh. these guys went. Uh, I, I they had no hitters going into the seventh inning. Both of these guys. Whoa! And the Mets ended up winning like two zero on extras. That's but, crazy. Like the, the, those kind of games, like. I don't know. It, it, it's just so much fun because then the anticipation builds. It's like, all right, who's going to strike first? How's it going to happen? Is it going to be a homer? Is somebody going to get a base hit to break it up? How long is this game going to go? So many different things. And, you know, I just find that so thrilling. And, and, and But there's the other side of the spectrum, kind of like you're saying, you know, where you're at, where you're at Camden Yards and you see Aaron Judge clobber two home runs and you're just like, Wow, like you know, I, I I have the MVP in front of me. He's doing MVP things. He's not having an off night. And I, I feel like there too, you can really say that you got your money's worth. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I I actually was at uh I was at City Field Friday night. That's why I couldn't make through. And I I was there for that Mets Padres game. You know, Mets lost four to one. But I don't think the actual highlight was the was the game for me. It was the fact that I, I went with two of my friends, one of which is like a pretty big Boston Red Sox fan. So he wore his he wore his Red Sox jersey oh, no. to the game. Oh and no. Everyone I I, I, I sat just for a second, I, I sat like two rows on the apple in center field. Mm-hmm. And everybody in, in our section, every time they scored Red Sox are down this. Red Sox are down this. And we look up. It's like twenty to like twenty to zero. It's like what? <laughs> twenty to two. Ended up being like what? Like twenty eight to six or something like that. Uh, it was, it was like twenty eight to five. I think was the final score. Twenty eight to five. Absolute madness. And he just we just kept pointing out every run that was being scored. Um, at, at some points, we weren't even watching the game that was going on in front of us. We were just looking at the scoreboard to see if Toronto scored any more runs. <laughs> Like, like no lie, I I we were we were we were doing the same thing over in Baltimore. We were just looking at the scoreboard, and like, oh my god, Toronto scored again. Like, are they are they gonna like? Is Toronto gonna drop thirty on them? <laughs> and and then and then once the game got close enough in Baltimore, we kind of stopped paying attention to that and paid more attention to the fact that uh, you know, the Yankees were getting ready to blow it, <laughs> and then they didn't. Um, but. Yeah, no, that was that was crazy. Like everyone and like everyone around me just reacting to the fact, like reacting to the score and then checking it and then realizing, oh my god, they just like they hit an inside the park grand slam. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 
I don't know where Jaron Duran was looking on that play. Like, he, going back and watching that highlight was hilarious because the guy, you know, he, he, it's like a routine pop up. He's just, or he thinks it's a routine pop up. Just grab it and then all he loses the, the, ball. the ball hit the the wall, and Com- he just turns around like, he, he just turns around like, you know what, man? F that. I'm not even gonna go after it. <laughs> like he's completely <laughs> and- lost the ball, and then yeah. when it actually lands and he realizes where it is, he's just like. You know what? I think I'm good. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. I I I rewatched that play about three times, and I still can't believe that the Red Sox pitching staff really let Rymel Tapia get seven RBIs on them. I mean, the Red Sox run differential before that game was already pretty bad, and even if all the other games after that game remained the same, it would still be pretty bad. But because of that game alone, their run differential over the past like two weeks has approached Cleveland Spiders territory of bad. <laughs> Oof. Like, and, that, and that's company you definitely don't want to be a part of. Like, this of is, I mean, all. it's, I mean, it's, for, as a Yankees fan, I think it's hilarious because, you know, I mean, I, I don't like the Red Sox. You know, they're always hyper-competitive in the division, and seeing them just absolutely collapse like that is just, it's not just funny, but it's also kind of relieving. It's like, okay. We don't have to worry about them for a while, you know. <laughs> and and, yeah. and but it was also cool. It was also cool when I was when I was there at Camden Yards because I mean the O's are like playing above their pay grade this year. I mean they're they're kind of they don't suck. They're playing a like five hundred just above five hundred ball, and seeing the Red Sox collapse and you know seeing the O's not be in last place. It, it it was it was exciting being there because you know this was like this was the second time I've been to Camden Yards. First time was like an opening day game, like early in April. So you know you got a lot of people there, but it was 2019. Those weren't good. Nobody really cared about how the team was going to do at that point. Everybody knew the team was going to be bad again. But like this time, you know, I mean, this is middle of the season, just first game after the All Star break, and there's a lot of Orioles fans there. And they're excited about their team. They were getting into it. And it's like, you know, it was really nice to see that, especially with the fact that, you know, they're not in the basement anymore. (laughs) Although I will say, I will say, you wouldn't know that, you wouldn't necessarily know that there were a ton of Orioles fans actually at that game, you know, having a good time from the section I was in because I was apparently in the Yankees fan section. (laughs) It was just like covered in away fans. And, like, the few Orioles fans that were there either left the game or went somewhere else. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, Incredible. And, uh, you know, their the Orioles' success really makes you wonder uh, with the trade deadline looming next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Are they going to trade their pieces, do you think? Or or do you think they're going to try to um, I, I try think to they should trade Trey Mancini, right? I mean, Trey Mancini... He he's kind of he's in his prime right now. He's not one of the younger guys on the team, not really necessarily contributing to the rebuild. If they keep him around, it's mostly going to be for his veteran presence, you know, that leadership, right? But he, I think, in terms of just, I don't think they should really trade a lot of players. I think Trey Mancini is really the only one. Excuse me, um, because I mean they've got a good thing going, you know. I mean they. They're they're building, they're building, you know. They they've got a nice young core building right now. And they just 
got the number one overall pick in the draft, Jackson Holiday, who, you know, in a few years could be joining those guys and making an impact. They could be a good team in a few years. Yeah, I mean, like, the young pieces are finally coming together for them. Um, so I don't, a, I don't think they should uh, sell a lot. No, I agree with you. I, 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 as an outsider and a Trey Mancini fan, I don't want to. I don't want to see him leave. But I, but I would love if he came to the Mets. Though I will say, if if it's if it's uh, if if it's time for Trey Mancini to leave, he he certainly got a a good send off hitting an inside the park home run uh in what might have been his last home game. <laughs> so that was nice. I love Trey Mancini. His story Oh yeah. He's been one of their best hitters again this year. I mean I'm I'm and... not a huge fan of the O's obviously, but how can how can you not love Trey Mancini? Yeah. Exactly, and and on and, and and if he stays on the O's, that's great because he's like he, in my opinion, like I think he's the heart and soul of that team. Uh, but it, but if he leaves, I want him to go to a contender. I'm rooting for him, man. Like I, you know, would would I be would I be upset if he went to like a division rival like like the Braves or like or or, or you guys, the Yankees? Like, yeah, of course I'd be upset, you know, because I'd be like, oh, the Yankees, you know, they got another talented player. But I love Trey, man. I like my. I I I've said this multiple times on crew, and I want to make it clear to the listeners if anybody's new. I don't have beef with the Yankees players. Organization. I think they're class. I have beef with the fans. I think the fans are arrogant and annoying. That's understandable. So, I, I think I feel so, the same way sometimes. <laughs> but, but but I I have no problems with the players and nothing but love for the organization. They uh, you know they have my respect. They do things the right way. But you know, as for Trey Mancini, plenty of speculation on whether he'll stay or go. I think the majority of the deals are going to happen more towards the trade deadline. Like I know the Mets uh, yesterday acquired a uh, Tyler Naquin and some left-handed reliever that has like 11 ERA. <laughs> um, Oh, whose name is eluding me right now. But uh, Tyler Naquin should be a pretty good bench outfielder. They already designated Travis Jankowski for assignment a few minutes ago to clear a spot for him. So uh, Tyler Naquin, welcome to New York. Uh, hopefully you can refine that form from two years ago when I had you in fantasy for the first like <laughs> few months of the season. You were a top 15 player. Please do it again. And uh, – yeah. Welcome that's all, that's to the Big Apple, Tyler Naquin. Well, that's going to do it for this segment of WRC The Crew. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have locks of the week for you where we give you our betting advice that you probably shouldn't take. So if, if you're excited that for that, stay tuned. You're listening to 88.7 WRSU-FM New Brunswick or online at WRSU.org. Welcome back to the Friday Crew. I'm Jake Maestel alongside Brett Hahn. 
Brett will be along in a minute. We're setting up a new Zoom for him to join. But for now, we have Locks of the Week where we give you our betting advice that if you ask me, you probably shouldn't take. As John as John Hartnett would say, if you're taking betting advice from college students, you might have problems. I don't know if I agree with that, but I definitely think you shouldn't be taking betting advice from me. Which is exactly why I'm going to give you my advice. So let's see. We'll start with the Mets and the Marlins playing tonight, 6.40 p.m. And, uh, yeah, so the Mets are playing at Miami tonight. Miami, 47-52. The Mets, 61-37. and The Mets, pretty good record. They're favored in this game, minus 120. I'm not sure. I think... I'm not sure how I feel about this one. Hold on. Let's see if we can get Brett in here. He's coming. Oh. Not yet. Well, until Brett gets in here, um, I guess I'll start. Oh, here he comes. Hey, Brett, can you hear me? Oh, he can't hear me yet. Hey, Brett, can you hear me? Loud and clear. Yay, there we go. Locks of the week. I'm going to start with mine. We've got Mets at Marlins. Mets at Marlins tonight. How are you feeling about this matchup, Brett, before I get into my lock? How are you feeling? <laughs> uh, I mean, fr- from an unbiased perspective, Sandy Alcantara has been one of the best in all baseball. Uh, it's always a challenge to beat the guy. The, I I know even though the Mets have beat him this year, he's been a bit for them. So... Uh, it could really go either way, and I can honestly understand if somebody chose their money line. <laughs> yeah, so Mets favored minus 120 on the money line, minus a run and a half on the run line. The over-under 6.5. I don't think I'm going to pick a winner this time, but I am going to go with the under on this one. I think we're going to see five runs or less in this game tonight between the Mets and the Marlins. That is my lock of the week with Sandy Alcantara on the mound for the Marlins. I think we'll see five runs or less. <laughs> I could yeah, I could totally see that one happening, to be honest. Um, I'm also going to go baseball here, and I'm currently looking at Yankees-Royals, actually, Ooh. ironically enough. So... Garrett Cole on the mound tonight. Uh, Yankees have Garrett Cole tonight, and Kansas City Royals have scrub Chris Bubich. Bubich? I, I, I believe I, it's Bubich. <laughs> it is Bubich? Okay. Yeah, he, 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 he's been terrible. I you know I, I looked to pick him up in fantasy for spot starts a few times, and I just chose not to because he's got like a six-point-something ERA. So I think the Yankees are going to win this. I'm going to do a little same-game parlay here. You can choose the uh, Yankees' money line. And for and, and you know what? I think Judge is going to hit another homer tonight. So I'm going to go You think with Judge, Judge is going to get another homer? <laughs> I think Aaron Judge is going to get a home run, and the Yankees are going to win this game. And it's 10 to win 23. So, so it's a little low-risk reward, but, but I, I think it's going to hit. Low-risk, but you know what? I think that's a pretty safe lock of the week. Aaron Judge hitting a home run and the Yankees winning. That's exactly what happened last night. Yankees had just two hits 
an abysmal performance against the Royals, who admittedly, Singer had a great night on the mound for the Royals, but abysmal night hitting all around for the Yankees. Just two hits. One of them was a walk-off homer by Aaron Judge, who is having a phenomenal season. He's he's already at 39 home runs. We're not even through the month of completely through the month of July. He's already matched his total from last year. And uh, I mean, at this point, he's still on pace to hit 62 home runs. So let's let's talk long term. I don't know if we want to make this a lock necessarily, but. What do you think Judge's chances of actually reaching 62 are? <laughs> I mean, he, he's not pace. If, if he keeps up this current trajectory, I don't see a reason why he can't eclipse that record. What, what I want to know, Jake, is how quickly after he hits the record will they test him for roids? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you know a drug test will come. You know, it's funny. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. Um, I thought I recalled seeing an article a while back that Major League Baseball was going to stop testing for roids. I don't know how accurate that is, but let's assuming they do test them, I would imagine a random drug test before his first game of the postseason. After the regular season end, but before his first game of the postseason. And we won't know the result of that random drug test until after the post until after the Yankees exit the postseason, whenever that is. <laughs> right. And and when it comes to these drug tests, you gotta put random uh in huge quotation marks. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no way. But, Did, what, but, but was it was it Justin Tucker, who got a random drug test after he hit the 66-yard field goal? <laughs> oh, yeah. Immediately after. <laughs> like it's, it's insane how quick they, they test these guys out after they think, you know, feats aren't possible. But but, but that that's another topic we could cover in another, in another segment for sure, yep. uh, for, for some food for thought. <laughs> Over, under, when does Judge get drug tested? <laughs> Uh, over under of within five games of him breaking the record. We'll, we'll say that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, speaking of locks, speaking of locks, but but before we cut to another segment here, (laughs) when I was at city field on Friday, I'm glad I didn't mention this till now. Um, when I was at city field on Friday, they, they have on the the screen, they have over unders, you know, for like random props throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And this one was over under how many times you see a WWE belt <laughs> at during the during the events. It was over under two point five. Right. They showed it three times exactly. And friend of my, I went with two other people. Two of us chose the over. One person chose the under, and that was the Red Sox fan. Down bad twice. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. I love you, man. But, <laughs> but come on, man. I, I I thought I saw on on Twitter that the that at City Field they also had an over under on how many buttons on Luke Voigt's jersey would actually be buttoned up. <laughs> that was a thing. Oh I God. I think I saw that because I also saw a clip of him of him undoing one of his buttons just to make sure the over hit. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Dude, that's incredible. The, the the stuff you can put money on really fascinates me. And, and listen, like, 
for the listeners out there, we put a disclaimer out all the time. You know, you may not want to listen to us because we're college students on betting. But before you consider not taking a bet from WRCU, have you seen stuff you can bet on? <laughs> you can bet we're on cricket. compared to that. Like, come on. You can bet on cricket, right, Brett? Yeah, you can bet on cricket. And then I was going to try to find the score of the game, and it took me 20 minutes to understand how the score worked. I will admit that that, that was a sad moment on my part. I, I, I did learn. But I was like, I was like, did India win? Did India win? Did India all win? that matters and, and, is if the lock hit. <laughs> it hit. It hit. That's all that matters. There you go. There you go. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's all that matters. Just like all that matters tonight is uh, whether or not the the uh, Mets and Marlins will score five runs or more, or and whether or not Aaron Judge will hit a home run and lead the Yankees to win. I, I like the, the odds of both of those. I do too. You know, because with Bassett out on the mound for the for your lock specifically, with the Bassett on the out on the mound and Sandy Alcantara doing Sandy Alcantara things, one of two things can happen. Either it's gonna be a low scoring game, which I think is very plausible and I think is the more likely outcome. Or 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 we could see Chris Bassett who at times struggled giving up long balls, give up multiple homers again. And then the Marlins break that. Yeah, and but but the reason huh. I pick the reason I say there's going to be five or less, and I the reason why I'm taking the under here is that I don't think Sandy Alcantara is going to give up a lot of runs, and you know if if he does, it's only going to be like a max of two, right? And then the Marlins could probably win by like two or three, and then the other team will score only about two or three, right? In a good pitching performance. Or the Marlins will score five on Bassett and and Alcantara will pitch a shutout and that'll be it, you know? Because <laughs> I don't really have faith in the Marlins to score that much. They're not that great of a hitting team. But, you know, I, I, I do I do think that, you know, I, I have faith in both, in both pitchers to put up a good performance. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's, 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 it's going to be one of those games where you're going to, wonder who strikes first so it's a good pitcher's duel chris bassett specifically even though he has struggled at times in his four starts in the last month or or, or close to a month or so he he does have a 2.33 era so he he has been pitching on a hot streak of late and sandy's just been you know sandy's been sandy (laughs) 13 of his last like 15 starts have gone seven innings was it about pitchers named sandy huh yeah, Sandy. I mean, Sandy Alcantara, Sandy Koufax. I mean, like, I, I, I'm not ready to put Sandy Alcantara in that tier yet, but, but you know, he's got the same name. Hey, you know what? It's, it's. If I had a nickel for every time I, I found a, I, I heard of a great pitcher named Sandy, I, I'd only have two nickels. But it's weird that this happened twice. <laughs> yeah, and then you got Sandy Alderson, great, great president of baseball operations. Said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> but but hey, he's back with the Mets. So I gotta tolerate it. So, oh man. Well, this has been locks of the week. When we come back, what do you think, Brett? Should we talk some trade deadline? Yeah, yeah. Well, when we come back from the break, we'll give you guys some trade deadline speculation and what to expect going into Tuesday. And then, and then at. 
looking a little further ahead in the show, we'll have Ken we just talk for you, and then we'll break down some of the NFL training camp, some of the storylines to follow going forward now that all the teams are officially back on the field, getting ready for the upcoming 2022 season. So look forward to that. You're listening to 88.7 WRSU-FM New Brunswick or online at WRSU.org. Welcome back to the Friday Crew. I'm Jake Mistel, your host, alongside Brett Hahn on the Zoom. And we are going to talk some Major League Baseball trade deadline. And, yeah, hold on. Let me get Brett in for a sec. So we're going into the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And first I want to ask you, Brett, what who are some of the most intri- intriguing names you're looking to see potentially be moved by Tuesday? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, looking at a general point of view, um, most intriguing name has to be Juan Soto. I don't think there's any close second. Um, the, there, there are reports that came out today that the Nationals intend to make one final offer to Juan Soto and his camp, and that if Soto declines that offer, which you know we, we assume at this point he's going to, um, that he's or that the Nationals are going to look to trade him before I mean, the deadline. When you decline a four hundred and forty million dollar offer, I mean you're you're making a pretty clear you're making a pretty clear statement to the team that I would like to play somewhere else, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Sorry, I mean, I, 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 either it's that or like players around the league. I feel like it's not talked about at all, but I feel like you you have to look at Mike Trout's situation. If you're a superstar player, and wonder, do you really want to be locked into this situation for a long period of time? And, and, and I think Juan Soto took a look at that. Took a look at the state of the Washington Nationals team. Yes, they won a World Series a couple of years ago, but. Steven Strasburg has been dealing with injury issues. Patrick Corbin's been terrible since given that money. And they, they need to replenish their farm system, you know, which isn't even that strong right now anyway. So the future or the immediate future for this team is not looking very positive. And if you're Juan Soto, you, you want to compete. And I don't blame him for wanting to find something else. I mean, you've got now, you've got the kind of talent that he has. You don't want to waste it on a bad team. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and you know, looking around, looking around at more like um, more low profile, even though they're not really low profile. But when you have a guy like Juan Soto available, I guess everybody else below him is considered low profile, right? right. So you, you you have guys like Wilson Contreras. He's been, he's been talked about. Uh, going to the Mets with Dave Robertson package. That's been a rumor. I don't know. I, I really hope Billy Upler could pull that off, but I don't know if he can. Billy Upler just – I have no faith in him at all, even though he put together this good team. Uh, I think he did it because of Steve Cohen's input. Um, But, you know, c- kind of going back to Wilson Contreras, right? I, I went a little bit off topic there. But – he already uh, took the steps today and removed the Cubs from his Instagram. He's uh, he, he embraced players in the dugout. Very emotional. Potentially could be his last game at Wrigley Field, and it's pretty clear that the 
the Cubs are looking to officially move the final piece of that twenty of that twenty eighteen World World Series team. Right. Yeah. I mean he he was you know, he was he's probably the last guy on that team who was a major part of that twenty sixteen team. I mean, obviously they're also looking to move Ian Happ, who's been another big player for them, you know, since they won that World Series, but I mean Wilson Contreras is like the last guy who was on that team, you know, who was a big part of it. Last of the young guys. I mean, they've already moved on from Rizzo, Bryant, um, Baez, obviously. You know, Dexter Fowler left after the season. You know, you had, uh, I think Ben Zobris retired, you know, the World Series MVP. Um, But, you know, so, I mean, it's clear that the the team is gone. You know, they're they're not what they were. And it, it is time for them to move on. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see where Wilson Contreras goes. I mean, you know that the Mets are looking into him. How badly do they need a catcher like him? I don't think it's even... Actually, yeah, it is kind of for the catcher, I guess. What am I saying? Um, I think he'd be, you know... I think Wilson Contreras, mainly as a designated hitter, like permanent solution is what, you know, is what they'd be looking for. Like Daniel Vogelback, don't get me wrong, like the guy in the two games or three games, excuse me, that he's played with the Mets so far. He's had he's had a really good uh, track record of getting on base. Just, you know, um, he's only hitting 260 against righties, and he's hitting 141 against lefties. I mean, that's just not doable. That means, like, if there's a left-handed pitcher on the mound starting the game, you can't play him. And Tyler Naquin who they just traded for uh, is the exact kind of situation. The, he's a righty specialist. He doesn't hit very good against lefties, which is fine. But, you know, if if uh, the opposing team goes with the southpaw out there, I mean, you need a more permanent solution at that position. And I think that's where Contreras steps in. Contreras has solid splits against both. He's He can hit for power. He's he's actually a quick surprisingly enough for a bigger guy he's pretty quick you know I, I i think he kind of fits into buck showalter's uh philosophy of put the ball in play hustle the uh, hustle around the base paths and that's something that the the, the mets would love and, and and i think he'd fit in seamlessly um and, and getting david robertson would be a huge plus as well for the bullpen <laughs> <laughs> I want D. Lord knows the Mets need bullpen help. I want D. Rob on the Yankees again. <laughs> the, I I do close. think the Mets probably need David Robertson in that bullpen a little more than the Yankees do. It'll be interesting. Uh it, it'll be interesting to see if both teams are willing to compete for his services. I mean, obviously the Yankees have experience with David Robertson. Um, you know as he's been with the organization twice, but the Yankees are also probably looking for a, a starting pitcher at this point, you know, with the uncertainty around Luis Severino and Domingo Herman, they might be looking into, was it Luis Castillo? No, that's not the guy. Who was the guy? No, it was Castillo. I, I mean, Castillo is one of the guys they're targeting. They're looking at him. They're looking at Frankie Montas, Montas from the A's. Um, right, right. John Gray. John Gray was mentioned, but I don't think he's like a realistic no, target. No, I don't think John Gray is a realistic one. And and, and honestly, is, is he still on the? 
on the Rockies, or is he somewhere else now? I don't remember. No, nah, he signed with Texas in the offseason. Oh, he signed with Texas. So he's there. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, Joey Gallo aside, I think the Yankees' recent moves with the uh, Texas Rangers haven't been terrible, but I, I, I'm kind of looking to not go after one of their players. You know, I'm, I don't really trust, trust John Gray if his, if his two big you know, if the two teams he's played for really have just been Colorado and Texas, I'm not really trusting that. You know, just their reputations with pitchers isn't really that great these days. But no, seriously, <laughs> uh, there's so much that these teams like can do, and you know, kind of going on, kind of going on what we were talking about before with the intriguing players. You got, you got to go back to Luis Castillo. I mean, the guy started off the year on the injured list. He started the season late. But he's sh- quickly showing again why he's one of the best young pitchers in the league. I mean, the guy has an elite fastball and ha- and just has a pennant for striking guys out. And, you know, coming back into the season, he started off, and well, he struggled in his first few starts. Um, but really lately has found his groove as a top-of-the-rotation ace. And he has a 2.86 ERA, 90 strikeouts. I mean, he's gotten eight or more strikeouts in four of his last five starts and gotten seven-plus innings in four of them as well. Yeah. I I mean, he's incredible. He he pitched against the Yankees earlier this year, and, uh, you know, I mean, he was really good. He shut them down. You know, I, I... I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him in pinstripes. I know that there are probably a lot of teams gunning for his services. Um, you know, he's he's that lone bright spot on the Cincinnati Reds right now. <laughs> yeah, and the Reds are looking to move both him and Tyler Mahler. They're they're two two of their top young arms. So definitely expect a flurry of teams to be competing for each. Um and, and, and honestly, look man, like I don't like the Yankees at all, but I can see them getting Castillo. It, it, I, I I think it's realistic, honestly. I mean, they have a deep farm system. They can go in, and they can go into their system. Like they have a they have Anthony Volpe. I I I know they won't trade him unless it's for like a super player, but they have they have other pieces like in infielders. You can never have too many. I mean, I don't, like I don't think the prospects. Yankees really want to trade Jason Dominguez. <laughs> no, no. They, 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 I'm pretty sure they've remained steadfast about not trading him and not trading Anthony Volpe if possible. Those are like the two guys that are like considered untouchable. But the Yankees have a deeper farm system than a lot of people give them credit for. Oh, yeah. The Yankees so. historically have had a great farm system. And, you know, I mean, they just, they just, I, I, I think that, a lot of that's a credit to their coaching in, on their uh, minor league teams, which is always so great. Um, b- but before we end off this segment about the trade deadline, I'm going to kind of move away from intriguing players here at the deadline to intriguing teams. And I want to start with uh, one intriguing team in particular. They have remained competitive most of the season, especially as of late in the American League. The current, if, if the season ended today, the Seattle Mariners would be the second wild card team out of three. 
and they've got a nice record right now. They've been competitive all year. Could you see them buying at the deadline? Um, I'm sorry. It, it was cutting in and out for a little bit there. You, you I, I heard most of what you said, but I didn't hear the team you said. The Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see them buying. I mean, I mean, look, they're they're still on a, they're, you know, they're still on a relatively hot streak, and I'm gonna pull up the standings now. Yeah, standings right exactly now. They're second. They're, they're the se- They'd be the second wild card right now. They're they're six and four in their last ten. Yeah, I mean, look, like they they have they have the talent to get there. Julio Rodriguez has been a rookie sensation. Ty France. Who many thought was going to cool was going to cool off after his hot start is still hitting three thirteen. Um, I mean, I mean, you got George Kirby, an intriguing young pitcher who's been you know he's been pretty good since getting called up. Robbie Ray, I mean, look, he's having a down season for his uh, for the for his standards, but he's still striking guys out. And I, I mean, just looking at the standings in general, they're they're fifty four and forty six right now. And I don't see a reason, really, why they can't continue to contend for a spot. I don't think you sell. Well, obviously, I don't think they sell, but it's just more of a question of how much are they willing to give up to get, you know, a piece or two that could help, you know, put their team over the top and actually make the playoffs for the first time in 20 years, 21 years. I mean, I mean, I, I, honestly, if I was the owner of that team and, or an executive there, I would look at the playoff drought and I would look at the record that you have now. And there's got to be an all-in approach. You you have to break that drought and give your team a chance at a World Series title. The fans deserve it. The players who have been grinding their butt off all year deserve it. And w- why not have a Seattle team finally have nice things? Yeah, you know. It's been too long for them. You know, that, Ever since they pulled the Supersonics out of there, I mean, like... Yeah, that, that 2013 Super Bowl seems so far away now, you know? It does. And, and you know, like, look, and, like, going on going on the Seahawks, too, like, you know, just to, as a quick diversion, like, that's the last team there is that has really experienced championship success. And even that, they have completely disbanded as well. Geno Smith is the leader in their quarterback competition right now. That is a far cry from what you have. <laughs> so, so tough we time we will get into that a little bit later. I just want to say one one of the downsides of not being able to have crew right after the All Star break is that we were not able to talk about Julio Rodriguez and how amazing he was in the home run derby. I mean, my goodness, eighty one. 81 in the derby isn't that a record i would have to i would have to confirm the numbers but i believe that's julio a rodriguez destroyed i mean i have to give him props for that and he's, and he's been a revelation he's all been year. so exciting to watch i i'm definitely looking forward to seeing him next week when the yankees play the m's i'm, I'm a little scared <laughs> a little scared of of those mariners no i don't blame you and, um, but I'm definitely looking Julio forward Rodriguez. to seeing Julio Rodriguez. It's one thing to see him in the home run derby, but I'm excited to see him, you know, actually in a game. See, see what he can do. <laughs> yeah, Julio Rodriguez is the perfect like power speed guy that every team dreams of having. So, 
So, like, I, I honestly, whether are you going to a game or, or are you just like talking about watching them on no, TV? No, I'm, I'm just talking about watching them on TV. <laughs> oh, okay. I haven't really gotten regard- to see. I haven't really gotten to see the Mariners play much at all because of the fact that you know they play on the other side of the country. <laughs> they play late right. at night and they're not usually on TV. So. Regardless, though, that's still an exciting, uh, still an exciting. So, I'm prospect. looking forward to actually seeing them for once. It's going to be, you know. But yeah, I think that'll do it for our our coverage of you know our our discussion about the trade deadline. When we come back, we'll do can we just talk, where we talk about things that aren't necessarily sports, and then looking further ahead, we'll have NFL training camp discussions for you. Stay tuned. For that and more, here on the Friday Crew, you're listening to 88.7 WRSU-FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org.